1: Oh yeah. Here it is. K Tuesday, which means only one thing. It means Chair Shot Radio, Hockey Talk Edition. That's right. You're listening to Chairshot Radio Hockey Talk here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head.
2: Thechairshot.com. Always use your
0: head.
1: And as usual, I am joined by the most negative Washington Capitals fan on the planet, the lawyer himself, David Ungar. Dave,
2: how are you? Uh, Watching the Caps shit the bed early this morning, but otherwise, you are
1: you are Randy Quaid in Major League Two. I love it. You are Randy Quaid in Major League Two when you talk about your beloved Caps.
2: I wish we had Uh, a a reliever like (laughs) Wild Thing, but it's all mild. It's all mild thing for the Caps.
1: Your grab your throat and choke thing. That's your goalie situation right now. Hey, we're, we are not alone today. Uh, for, so for those of you who don't remember, a while back, Dave couldn't make a show. And I, I made a call and was like, help me, Dr. S'mores. You're my only hope. And so I brought Kyle Moores in, and he is with us again today. And we recorded what was a really great show. Uh, because Kyle knows way more about hockey than Dave and I combined, is we didn't even know the All-Star Game format was what it's been since, like, 2014. So, clearly, we are not the experts.
0: Don't but, feel bad, man. Don't feel bad, man. Nobody cares about the All-Star Game. Dude, the even school- the All-Stars don't, don't care about the All-Star Game.
1: Do they care more than the pro football, pro bowl? Because, my God, dude. No, want-
0: they oh. care no, they care less because the pro football like the, at least the pro bowl is after the season is over
1: so that's, like
0: you know you ain't worried about getting hurt and like messing things up the nhl All Star game is in the middle of the year it's a terrible format it is something that nobody cares about and so like nah i would skip that thing for any reason or no reason at all
1: that's fair hey did you watch the skills challenge though at all
0: I caught some of the fastest skater competition cuz like that I mean that is fun to watch. Um and I caught some of the shot competition. But other than that, I did not.
1: All right. So, if you if you have time, I do I, I stand by go check out footage of the uh the face-off competition they did on the Bellagio fountain where their um they're shooting from one platform onto five other platforms. It's it's it was amazing. That's like, it, interesting. It, and it had this cool, yeah. They 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 um use the fountains themselves as like a projector screen. So they were putting everybody's names up, and the uh, the platforms. They were like two. There was one goal that was like about thirty or so feet away. Two large platforms to the left and right of it, and then two really small ones that were. I would say like 10 or so feet away. And in the first round they had to hit, they had to get a puck onto four of them, all three of the distance ones and one of the short ones. And then the two finalists had to hit all five and it was who could do all five in the, fa- in the shortest amount of time. And it was obscene. And I can't even remember. Somebody did it in 11 seconds, um, in the first round. And it's that short and it was the short shot that was nuts because you had to like kind of knuckle puck it, um, because there's a little there was a little wall to keep it in but like they were they would bounce them out they would overshoot it was it was really neat and was like that that to me was like okay that's a skills challenge that and the targets those are skills challenges so a lot a lot of fun and and worth taking the time to check out and i hope they find a way to do it in florida because that was like of the things they did that was the best piece of the competition in my opinion um but this week we're back in action hockey is back valentine's day has come and passed if you believe in that hallmark holiday bullshit i don't but that's cool if you do uh and we are heading towards a trade deadline and playoffs that is where we are now as we we get past the all-star break of the season uh and we'll talk a little bit about the standings in the back half after the commercial break for the first half today though um after we take our first commercial break, we're going to talk. Uh, there's been a lot of coaching news floating around the NHL, and I, and I have kind of a long-form topic that I, I want to hear Dave and uh, Kyle's opinions on in regards to coaches in the NHL. And then Kyle actually messaged me because he was eager to talk about the news out of Arizona uh, and it will be a follow-up to a story that Dave and I covered uh, about a month and a half or so prior. So really exciting stuff, and that's what we're going to cover when we come back to from the commercial break. So without further ado, we're going to take that commercial break and then talk some coaching changes and some location changes. You're listening to Chair Shot Radio Hockey Talk Edition here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and
0: delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
1: I really, really, really love um, that we get to we get to talk about this as a follow up story, gentlemen. So yeah, like I mentioned before the commercial break, we are going to we are going to do a follow up on a conversation Dave and I had regarding the Arizona Coyotes poverty they,
0: franchise
1: poverty franchise that they are. They um, when we had talked about this previously, the. The story was that uh, the Arizona State University and the Coyotes were exploring the possibility of the Coyotes using ASU's new facility that is is it is it being built or it is built? It's done uh, as its temporary home while a new stadium is built or a new arena is built for for the Arizona franchise. Uh, At the time, we had talked about a couple of other locations in in, in Arizona that were possibilities and and even talked about the the financial implications, like what Arizona was going to have to spend if they chose the ASU facility in order to be able to use it. Because it's going to be like they need like separate locker room area, like separate locker rooms that are outside training facilities, this whole thing. The actual details themselves are just (laughs) astounding. And so David and I were like, nah, I mean, this is a possibility, but it seems like a dumb one to take. Well, folks, they took the dumb one. That's right. Arizona has inked a deal with ASU to use this new facility. Kyle, you are really, really excited. This is why you reached out to jump on the show today. So I cede the floor to you. Talk to us about this story. So First of all, First
0: of all, it's guaranteed as like a three, they've signed a three-year deal with an option for longer. But the layers of ridiculousness to this story just build and build. So this is their air quotes, temporary home while this new arena in Tempe is supposed to be built. This new arena hasn't been approved yet by the Tempe City Council. They have not approved this, like, supposed new home that the Coyotes are planning on. So that's number one. Number two, Coyotes, were go- they got evicted from Gila River Arena. Let's call it what it is, all right, y'all? Gila River Arena said, y'all don't pay your bills. We don't want you anymore. Get out. And terminated the contract. So because of that, the Coyotes had to agree... To pay up front all of the related costs for leasing the arena, for building the extra um, locker rooms and facilities that they have to build because they can't use the same ones as the university. Um, They had to pay all of that up front. They do not get any kind of naming or sponsorship rights aside from whatever happens on game day. Arizona State gets priority for scheduling. Um, They cannot use the arena as a practice facility, so they're going to spend another $10 million to renovate their old practice facility so that they can use that as a temporary practice facility. And we haven't even gotten to the cherry on top. The best-case scenario capacity attendance for this facility. Best-case scenario. Is five thousand people. Realistic scenario is going to be even less than that because the way that they're going to have to make changes and upgrades to make it an NHL um, NHL ready surface and facility is going to require them to take some of the stands out for the NHL portion of the games. And so you're really probably looking at a capacity more in line with like thirty eight thousand to or 000, 3, to forty two hundred people. In a professional stadium,
1: I mean, isn't it about how many tickets they sell anyway? Dave, for a team know. that's declared uh, bankruptcy.
2: Meanwhile, twice. meanwhile, Quebec would welcome the Coyotes with open arms right now, and they wouldn't have any of these problems. Houston would welcome the Coyotes with open arms right now; they wouldn't have Kansas any of these- City. Kansas City. I could think of ten other hamilton ontario for christ's sake a bunch of places that had teams shit cleveland might even bring back the fucking barons uh you know with with this kind of a crappy deal so i it that it makes no sense i mean guys punt arizona's done it's a dead venue it's a dead venue go where people will appreciate you you know go back to atlanta give them a fourth try before you cut this shitty deal
1: but they're not, but they're not because as Kyle just pointed out, they've now committed themselves to at least three more years. And they're trying to build an arena. Like they're they're digging this hole deeper and deeper and deeper. It's going nowhere. At this point, if they
0: don't move this franchise out of Arizona, you can never relocate a franchise in this league ever again. Right? Like ever again. You have set the bar now. This is how loyal we are to the market in spite of every metric possible, telling you this is a failed experiment. Since they moved there in 1996, they've made the playoffs I think three times since 96, number one. Number two, they are perpetually at the bottom of the barrel in attendance. They've gone through, I think, three or four ownership groups. They've declared bankruptcy twice. They've been taken over by the league twice.
1: Like, this is just an embarrassment. And Yet here we are, here we are. So I, I just don't, I think, I think you're right, Kyle, but I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. Like clearly we're just where it's a sinkhole of money and they, they keep just pouring cash into something. I, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's grotesque. It's, it's like Chicago bears ownership. Like it's just terrible. So uh, there you go. I've I racked get carried my
2: way, Patrick. All right, come on now.
1: That's uh, I mean, true. We aren't the commanders. So well, you're also not in
0: Chicago anymore either. I am not in Chicago. No, the Bears that new arena are not going to be like, in Chicago anymore. I,
1: I, I, but I, I basically like I live there by proxy. Like that's that's a very long proxy, but it's it's there. So I uh, I agree. But yeah, this is this is a garbage hot mess, and it just won't go away. And it, honestly, it's great for for us because it gives us something to make fun of and, and talk about as uh, as that franchise continues to be a dumpster fire. Um, uh, biggest dumpster fire in the NHL outside of Arizona. Who, who's second? And it's got to be a distant second at this point, right? Ottawa. Think so? Yeah, Ottawa's I mean, so Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa has all the
0: same pro. They have all the same problems, except that, like, because they're in Canada, they have like a floor that is higher in terms of support than other teams' floors are. But they have the same issues, shitty arena, shitty location, insta- like, unstable ownership group. They're the like, third biggest... T- the, their bigger issue is they're the third biggest ticket in their own market because Toronto and Montreal have infinitely more fans than Ottawa ever will. Yeah. like People it's... keep talking about Quebec City and like I got news for y'all. Quebec City ain't getting one of the American teams, but if that Ottawa situation gets bad enough... That is where Quebec City comes into play.
2: Dave, what about you? Do you agree? Ottawa? Well, Ottawa is pretty bad as far as like, you know, the Canadian franchises all are fairly stable other than that one. And, and, you know, they're, right. they're the ones that stand out. I'm trying to think of an American, you know, somebody in America who I look at and say, you know, they, they, I mean, is it too early Maybe to declare? Buffalo? Yeah. Buffalo a big problem. Uh, too early to declare Seattle a problem? Probably probably a little too early for that um, i don't think it's it's, it's dude, you can't you can't bury a new franchise yeah. seven months
1: into it it's it's we
0: can't we can't fall into the trap of judging them based on vegas vegas was such an aberration and such no. a like unheard of for an expansion franchise to come I mean, in and just that- instantly be one of the best teams in the, in the league
1: well, and the league set it up that way. The league loaded that deck so hard for Vegas to be successful that they handicapped Seattle in just its, you know, and its draft and and all of that. So, yeah, I'm you, with you. The, I think
2: the other team. I, I see what Kyle thinks about this. Back in some time, the Islanders are are a team that I have some concerns about because you know they just keep bouncing from arena to arena and, and they have not performed well this year. I know they just opened a new place, but that hasn't gone so swimmingly. Uh, there's somebody I'd watch over the next couple of years to see what they're, I don't think the Islanders will ever move from New York, but you know, it, it, it's, it's difficult for a team like that to remain competitive when it's like, we don't even know where we're playing from one year to the next Barclays union, you know, Nassau Coliseum now, whatever the hell they've got going They have on. so
0: much egg on their faces from not just doing what they should have done in the first place, which is either implode Nassau and rebuild on top of it, or just renovate it the way that you need to. Cause like, You had everything you needed in terms of that's where the fans were. They were going to show out. You knew they were going to support. Like, you had that, and they've never had it since.
1: Excellent. Excellent points, everyone. All right. So there you have it. More to come on the the dumpster fire that is Phoenix slash Arizona slash Tempe slash wherever the hell in Arizona they're going to try to play next, Coyotes. We will, we will be here to cover it, and I'm sure Kyle will message me directly when it happens because he'll, he'll want to rag on it again. But one of my other favorite things that I like to talk about during NHL season is coaching changes slash carousel. And Dave and I kind of had a little bit of a, a Twitter DM storm of a few things that happened over the league. First... Dave sent me uh, a message. Uh, he, you, you love your Bleacher Report, Dave. By the way, I've noticed uh, that's that's one of your go-to's when it comes to sharing this stuff. And you shared that push, then, push uh, notifications old- are
2: a wonderful thing.
1: So, right. So Edmonton, Edmonton has fired their head coach Dave <laughs> after two and a half seasons. Jay Woodcroft taking over behind the bench. We got the announcement that Marty San Luis has been named the head the interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And I shared that Craig Berube signed a three-year extension with the St. Louis blues, allegedly keeping him in place for, you know, the next three seasons. But I was talking about this before you came on the call, as we were warming up for the show, gentlemen, these are all great stories, and, and I'm sure you'll want to talk about, like at, at least San Luis and the and the tip of firing. Uh, you know, Baruby's been just been kind of proving himself with St. Louis uh, for a while. They really are are pretty satisfied with him. Hockey is like my favorite sport when it comes to coaching changes because they can literally happen at any point, at all. And there's no such thing as a X, Y, and Z coach is locked up for any period of time because I don't know, like. So, like, you could, you could be fired at any time. And what what is it about hockey that, that that's a thing? And when a new coach comes in, that it seems like almost instantly the team will do well for at least two weeks. See Blackhawks comma Chicago. Fired their coach at the beginning of the season. Brought in a new guy. They went on, like, a t- ridiculous run. And now they're kind of See, that, back to where they were.
2: Vancouver with Bruce Boudreaux as well. Went on a ridiculous run once he got...
1: So Dave, we'll start with you this time. Um, just any reactions to the hirings or the, or the firings and yeah, head coaching in the national hockey league, most tenuous position in professional sports. Well,
2: I think like you compare it to any of the other major sports out there. No other sport loves in season coaching changes like the NHL. It just, you don't see it in the NFL. Hardly ever. You rarely see it in the NBA, or MLB making a midseason managerial change, hockey's pretty common. You know, you see that at least three, four times a year. We are already at that quota right now. I have no idea what the rationale is, other than you know maybe the mindset is that teams will respond better to that kind of a uh, that kind of major jarring change midseason. I mean, I think Edmonton made the right call. The team was not responding to Tippett. They've got too much talent to be as bad as they've been lately i mean montreal is just i mean i messaged you the other day when the, the caps played them and you know montreal's the only team the caps can beat right now cuz their goaltending is atrocious but you know i i like i like both of the moves right now cuz i mean montreal's not going anywhere Kerry price not being there this year has killed that team and any momentum that they could have had from last year uh, edmonton there's no reason this team should not be contending for a playoff spot so yeah, I don't know. I mean, hockey's a little bit trendy, and, and, and I think, you know, you look at what Barubi did with the Blues a couple years ago, comes in, takes them from last place to the Cup, and, you know, that sets a precedent where all these teams are like, hey, let's, let's make a change. Let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle like St. Louis did. So I, I think, you know, the motivation is there to shake things up, um, you know, because, I mean, hockey's real favorable to teams. A lot of teams make the playoffs. And, you know, if you're on the outside looking in, somebody's got to do something because like we we should at least be competing for a playoff spot. So I don't I other than that, it's a speculation as to, you know, interested what Kyle thinks as to why, why in-season coaching changes are in vogue in the NHL much more than the other sports.
0: I think that more so than any other sport, the coach means the least to a hockey team Um, based on the way that the game is played. um. You know, basketball, football, baseball are very structured in terms of when you have certain kind when you are on offense versus when you were on defense, and those possessions are very structured. And so things like system and defined number of plays and running set plays and that kind of stuff matters a lot in those sports in a way that hockey's continuous like so much of hockey is free form and improvisation after the faceoff. You might have a handful of plays or you might have a style of power play that you like to run but for, right for the most part coaching in the nhl is just about knowing which combination of players to put together on the ice at the same time
1: well and it, it, that's an excellent point because one of the things i, w- I was joking about the blues baruby makes lineup changes all the time and in fact like he just pulled jordan kairu and vladimir Tarasenko off the same lines to because they were on the same line together and he was like that's you Know too many scores in one spot and shifted them to uh, I think shifted Kyrie to the second line, and suddenly you know they go out and they they score like gangbusters right after. So you make a good point there,
0: and well, and so I think because of that, because of those things, it is so much easier to fire a coach in the middle of the season in a ho- in hockey, and because those little things are what coaches do. We have a lot of like track record of teams that have made a coaching change. And all of a sudden that mid season coaching change was just the right thing because that person switched the lineup just the right way or changed the goaltender at the right time or whatever. And the team got hot. And so I think because of that, like it's just easier to fire a coach and replace them in the NHL than it is in other sports.
1: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it is really fascinating because it really is the CEO of your team, right? Like kind of, or the sort of the, the press face of your team game in and game out. And and really after that, uh, like you said, maybe their approach on the power play, how they defend that, that sort of thing. But the game moves so fast and turns so quickly, uh, from attacking to, to the It's it's such a different animal and. Part of what makes it so appealing, in my opinion, is that it is, it's constantly on the move. And and there really is no dead time. And that, that does lead to a lot of uh, players really running the show. So all right gentlemen we're going to take our second commercial break when we come back we're going to take a little uh, hop around the league probably talk about our teams a little bit uh because nothing gets me excited than hockey fans running down their own franchises so that um uh, or or bragging about them i'm sure uh carolina in first place i know that uh that is a fact. so when we come back we will do our quick once around the t- league and wrap up hockey talk here on the chair shot radio network a part of the Chairshot.com. Eight,
0: seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything
2: progressing. Make sure you check it out thechairshop.com
1: All right everyone welcome back we are gonna do our once around the league i as of sunday this uh december february 13th as everyone knows we dropped these on tuesday it's KFabe tuesday a game or two will have happened since this conversation has taken place it's the one thing that we just have control over i know i'm sorry dogs i didn't mean to piss off the dogs uh, but let's start with kyle as the guest's on the show. First of all, I have been high on your team all season and they keep proving me right. So why don't you brag on Carolina a little bit and talk to you about what you're seeing as we as we get into the second half of the season.
0: Well so the hurricanes are pretty fucking awesome. They are great. The um my only complaint is that Tony is on the team, but I mean, you know <laughs> he's real good. He's just an asshole. Um, For them, the biggest concern I have for Carolina is can the goaltending hold up all year? Anderson has a history of getting hurt. Rada has a history of getting hurt. And we have seen that uh, the pipeline behind the two of them uh, is almost non-existent. So, like, my major concern for the Hurricanes is can the goaltending hold up? If the goaltending can hold up, I mean, this is a team that can contend for the Cup
1: that's right who scares you the most out of your own division
0: out of the out of the own division i mean i will never not be scared of crosby and malkin in the playoffs um or the capitals for that matter i mean anytime you have like players that can score like that that's scary um but like other than that like the metro is pretty much on lock Outside of the top four, there's an eleven point gap right. to the Red Wings, so like they're gonna finish in the top four of the Metro. Uh, I ain't worried about
1: that. Dave, did you hear that he hates your Caps? Oh, I, I, yeah. but you also, have, you also have a mutual disdain for the for the Pens,
2: so you've got that going too. That's true. We do have that going. Kyle, there's nothing to worry about with the Washington Capitals. I, I can guarantee you that that you know with your offense even if it you know it'll be a 7 to 6 shootout but you'll win because our goal t- you worry about your goaltending our goaltending is an absolute farce and unless they get flurry at the trade deadline the caps are maybe get swept in the first round they just there's nothing i mean like i'm looking at their stats you know ovi leads a team with 29 goals kuznetsov is in second at 15 they have no secondary scoring their defense is spotty they have no goaltending so there's nothing to worry about with the guy. I like I like Carolina a lot. Um, I think that you know I mean I I like who they are. I don't like the team obviously for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, Pittsburgh is the team that that has you know has exceeded all expectations. I, I don't know how they just keep doing it. Uh, Jari has hey. been remarkable they still have
0: three hall of famers on the team yeah. it's uh, it's easy it's kind of like the caps are still in contention because even with all the deficiencies when you have a hall of famer as your leader and best player in a division that isn't deep that's enough uh the pens have three hall of famers still on the team and so like in a division that is as not deep as the metro having three hall of famers one of which is one of like the five or six best players of all time like makes a huge difference
2: yeah carolina coming out of the metro it, that that seems like a really really good chance of that once you get beyond that on the eastern side then you run into problems florida tampa well, well hold on hold on
1: don't don't jump the subject cuz we're going to shift right into the atlantic and who's who's who who Tampa Bay or Florida? Who's going to do it until
0: Tampa Florida Bay. can prove to me that until Florida can prove to me that they can get it done. I'm going to pick Tampa.
1: And that's basically the argument I made, uh, in a, kind of our mid season and look at the cups. Cause look at the cup. Cause I was like, I, I wasn't, I thought this would be the year that Tampa Bay sort of fell off a little bit. Like you just, you were like, how can they sustain it? Three, you know, three peats, like repeats in hockey are ridiculous. Like, yeah, it just doesn't happen. And yet here we are, Tampa Bay is still sitting on top of their throne and nobody seems to be able to get past them. Now, Florida currently up in the standings, barely and a long way to go, but, but they're there now. Go ahead, Dave. Talk about how great they, they, no, the other, I division.
2: think Kyle's absolutely right. Until Florida proves that they can beat Tampa when it counts, they've got to be considered the prohibitive favorite. Uh, they've got a really good shot of three peating. There was my pick at the beginning of the year was Tampa to three peat. I haven't changed on that, despite, you know, I know we're gonna talk about the Western Conference in a bit. Uh they just they are seasoned, they are a veteran team, they still have speed, they've got Vasilevsky, there are no discernible weak points on that team. Florida's damn good. Carolina's damn good. They gotta prove it when it counts. And nobody has been able to do that against Tampa in a variety of environments. Empty arenas, full arenas, who gives a shit? They just win,
0: baby. Another team out of the Atlantic that like should be dangerous but falls into the same category of Florida of just like until you prove to me that you can do it i can't have faith in you is the leafs like until you prove to me you can win a playoff series i can't take you seriously
1: well i've been burned by the toronto maple leafs so many times and their and their early exits Hey, and you got to keep sticking with them because you look at them on paper and it, they've got Tavares, they've got Matthews,
0: they've got Marner, they've got Nylander. It's this,
1: ridiculous, it's this ridiculous team that plays ridiculously when we get to the playoffs. And every year, last year, I was all in. I was like, this year is Toronto's year. And then after the first round of the playoffs, I had to sit on these podcasting airwaves and be like, well, shows what I know. So, which is apparently not a whole heck of a lot. Moving over uh, to the western uh, western side of the house and the central, I've said this. Okay, so I, I've I've been talking down my blues a lot. They're they're seven points up on Dallas. My I just find them so inconsistent in, in the way that they play, and it drives me crazy. And I don't have a lot of faith in them. I feel like Colorado. Has has done is is the team to beat out of the central and is is going to finish winning that that that, that division uh, or that conference. And I, I don't know, like I somebody talked me off the St. Louis Blues ledge because I, I think they could make the playoffs absolutely and bow out in the first round. Uh, I last week said they're also the team that I would pick to go on, go on a header late. And lose his spot to Dallas or to to some other team. Uh,
2: go ahead, Kyle. Defend no, the defend the Blues.
1: Love,
0: no, I was gonna say I'd love to defend the Blues, but like the Blues are right. too flawed to defend.
1: Right. They they lost so much and they just and the goaltending hasn't been the best. Um, You know we were talking about goaltending here. It's been suspect again, hit or miss all the way through. No Uh, team
0: that's relying as much on Tarasenko and Saad as much as the Blues is offensively powerful enough for me to take serious.
1: Right. So I yeah I'm right there. So over in the Pacific though, Ho hum, Vegas is is still vegas what do we think about calgary though um like how are they how are they how are they running second in the in that in that
2: pacific division they're a surprise but they're um surprisingly consistent as well i to me, the bigger surprise is the kings how they're staying in this whole thing and are presently third in the pacific i think calgary's got more natural talent than la does but the kings just well the run- answer go ahead kyle
0: I think the answer is because of the real biggest surprise of the division, which is how does a team with Drysdale and McDavid having the seasons that Drysdale and McDavid are having play so badly
2: defense lacking badly, just so bad
0: they're the biggest disappointment in the entire division. You look at the R. and the,
2: look at the start they got off, right? They were just on fire the first couple months. And I mean, they're like the uh, them in Colorado are polar opposites of each other. Colorado struggled at the beginning. Now they're just unstoppable. But, you know, I tell you, man, I know Pat's been high on Colorado all season. I you know they're another team that kind of is like Toronto to me. It's like great, you guys dominate the regular season, flame out in the playoffs every single year, and I still don't know if I that's see enough. They get past the first round, okay? Like they they do get past the first round, yeah. But that's you know th- this is a they team to stay up on the lance a little bit. This is a team that should be in the conference finals easier, competing for the cup finals. Too much talent, but they're they're another one of those teams. Like you got to prove it to me because. You know, I was all in on them last year, and they just shit the bed against Vegas. So, I they look dominant. They're getting McKinnon back. Colorado seems like ah, it's you know, but they're they're we all know this. There are teams that are built for the regular season and dominate in the regular season. There's and then just don't do it in the playoffs. And Colorado's kind of that ilk. Toronto's kind of that ilk. We'll see.
1: I guess so. By the way, this is my annual uh, moment since we're talking about Vegas. Alex Petrangelo, I miss you. I wish you were still in the blue note. Sad face. Womp womp. Um, and you should not have won uh your your little all-star competition. That was a load of shit. That's you true. missed it's your very, goal. very
0: true. What's gonna yeah, make Vegas really dangerous? What's gonna make Vegas really dangerous is by the time playoff season comes around, Jack Eichel will have had enough time to like get back into form. He was cleared yeah.
2: for contact, wasn't he?
0: I think so. Yeah,
2: that's like, but by
0: playoff time, he will have had enough time to like have played a couple of games, Mm -hmm. gotten like his legs under him.
2: He's, um, he's a game changer for that team. I mean, that, that makes them on the level that they can easily skate with Colorado and we already know they can beat them. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's a big one.
1: That is a big one. Uh, And on that big one, we will call it a day for Hockey Talk here on Chair Shot Radio. Kyle, I can guarantee you this time the podcast is actually going to air.
0: Yeah, your uh, audio sounds salvageable this time.
1: Oh, my God. I felt horrible. Uh, so horrible, and I, I and I I threw my, I I got like this message from from PC Tony, and I don't mind uh, talking about this because I was like, man, I really messed up, and I, and I told this to to you. Obviously, like I apologize like a dozen times, but I was like, man, I feel really bad. And he's like, yeah, you need to you need to make it up to him and get him back on bandwagon, Nerd, or get him on bandwagon nerds, get him on, get him back on hockey talk. And I was like, no, I we already talked about it. He absolutely want to get him back on. Uh, I do uh really appreciate just how much you've brought to both both appearances you've made sometime and are made on this show and hopefully we can get you back we definitely got to get you back for the playoffs like when the playoffs happen we oh, definitely sure. get you back to talk to playoffs but you know there's still a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of time for there because we know apparently we play hockey in june now and i don't know <laughs> why but you know whatever Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, before we before we let you go, before we call this a podcast, why don't you tell everybody out there where they can find you and hear you elsewhere in the Chairshot Radio Network.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores, and you can hear me right here on the Chairshot Radio Network every Friday as one half of the Outsider's Edge podcast with my good brother,
1: Mr. Ray Cash. There you go, David Ungar. I'm going to be talking to you again in about tw- 15 minutes. Yeah, but
2: yeah that's right. For a different pod- why don't you I- tell everybody where they can find you on this podcast Kyle, i just want to say thank you for coming on the, the show and, and and making this a triple threat um and just so you know i'm recording this so i guarantee you it will go out okay
1: hey, my recording hasn't crapped out once during this deal that's well, something i just
0: thank you. y'all for having me that's all i just thank y'all
1: both for having me
2: you can find it's me great. you can find me on twitter at attitudeag and on facebook.com slash attitude of aggression
1: and you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I forgot to pay one other bill. If you love what we do on the Chair Shot Radio Network at TheChairShot.com and you want to support us, the best way to do so is to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot and invest in one of our many, many t-shirts we have Tons of designs for you to choose from, from logos to sayings to shows. They're all there. That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And as Christopher Plant would say, please and thank you. Thank you and please. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Hockey Talk on Chair Shot Radio. For Kyle Moores, for David Ungar, this is Patrick O'Dowd wishing you a happy week. And we will catch you next week, next Tuesday, on the Chair Shot Radio to talk some hockey. You've been listening to Hockey Talk. I agree. Or they don't. You have been listening to Hockey Talk on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, and hopefully the dogs go ho.